PR freebie or did you nick it when no one was looking? I nicked it when no one was looking. <laughs> and I, I put another one in the cupboard. This one was out of, I'll be really honest, this one was out of the cupboard that I was working late one day. And I went, fuck it, I'm having one of them glasses. That was the first one. The second one, I took a large bag to an event. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got to repair. Always take a large bag. Always. Preferably with a scarf so that if there is something breakable, you can wrap your scarf in it. Top tip. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the PR Hub podcast. My name is Adam Tuckwell. And I'm John Wilcox. Hey folks, uh, welcome to the pod. Uh, we've got Sam Brown, uh, who is from PR Master Coach and has worked with some amazing household brands uh, in her 20 or so years uh, working in the industry. Um, I think it's fair to say that um, if you are after a um, sometimes sweary, um, always insightful episode of the pod, I mean... My God, this is sometimes sweary on steroids. I mean, this is absolutely brilliant, incredibly insightful stuff from Sam. Um, wow, Adam, just wow. Once we get over the 40-minute Bristol loving... Uh, it's not we 40 get to... minutes, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Drama queen. We get to some fantastic content from Sam sharing uh, her ideas, her, her wisdom, but also just like splattered with these amazing stories and anecdotes that are really refreshing. Sam speaks with openness, uh, <laughs> confidence, and, and just, just, just oozes passion for creativity and PR. She doesn't hold back. And I think we can all learn a, a huge amount from, from our interview with her. Go. and then we have an hour of amazing insight and 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 swearing and that's that's a fucking great episode as far as we're concerned so um can i talk to you about being a creative director in pr right because I yes please do yes i think this is quite an interesting thing because it's still relatively new in the industry when i say relatively new i'm old hat here i'm talking about the last 10 years right 10 years ago you didn't really have pr pr directors in you didn't have creative directors in PR agencies, right? And I think that now it's really coming into its own. I think that the big agencies that have had them and the big creative agencies that have had them have always kind of treated them like a bit of a, they, they position themselves a little bit more like an ad agency. They're kind of like a brand scope rather than just a publicist agency. But I think that now the smaller and the mid-sized agencies are really seeing the benefit from it as well. Because there's people like me that are freelancing and they don't have to put a hundred k, ninety k salary on a, on a creative director, and instead buy in services as you need them, and I think it just really helps them stretch their muscle. I think that's really what it is. It's really stretching the muscle, and this doesn't mean I'm a PR from PR, right? So I've come up through account manager, publicist, running the accounts, running a small agency, and then moving into this. So I know how to get, I know what it takes to get a story to land. And the problem has been that at the beginning of this PR, this creative director and PR agencies, people were stepping over from advertising because they had the job title creative director. But those guys, they don't know fuck all about earning coverage. They know, they literally know, if you want to buy some space and put a pretty picture in it, get an ad creative. 
But if you want to land the coverage and you want that brand sentiment, those those kind of the nuances in the coverage that a photograph will tell you a thousand things about a brand and make you feel and love something, that stuff takes a PR creative director. You know, to really, really understand what it's going to be like for the guys on the phone or on email, like trying to sell the story and to get it on page seven of the sun. You know, I know what it takes and it's a very, very, very different skill. And that hustle, and it's interesting, a friend of mine um, came to me over lockdown and he's in, he's in, in marketing. He would consider himself a brand marketer. And he said, Sam, I'm starting up an agency. I'm doing this new kind of agency and we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And I went, right. And he went, oh, nobody's doing it. Nobody's doing it. And I went, tell me again what you're doing. And literally what he told me, and he went, there's no one doing it. And I went, no, W, exposure. It, and I literally sat and went, hope and glory. And this one, they, they all do the work that you're telling me, pretty green, blah, blah, blah. And he went, who are they? And I was like, they're PR agencies, Ed. I was like, what are you? Because we don't do our own PR. People don't know what we do. We're so good at pretending the brand has done these things naturally that we that in our own world that people don't know what we do. And it's like, are you fucking joking? You think we literally call up the sun every day? That's what we that's our job. It's just a that, that that's what we do. We just got a book of contacts. And it's like, no, it doesn't, it's not like that. But I think as an agency, internally, we know what we're all about. Outside of it, even in marketing, people don't really understand the depth of what we do. Which is ironic, right? Considering what we yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah, we've spoken in the past to, to other guests and it's like, we're the worst at, at PRing ourselves. Shocking. Absolute worst. And also, yeah. I'm sure you saw the Max Clifford documentary that was on recently. I got about mm -hmm. 15 minutes in and I went, I can't watch this because he is the name, much like if you say to my dad, name an ad agency, he'd say Saatchi and Saatchi yeah. because you remember Saatchi yeah. and Saatchi from the, the, the Tory conference back in the day, right? If you say to mm -hmm. anyone, if you say to anyone not in the industry, name a PR person, the first name that will come up, they'll they'll probably sit there and go, oh, I don't know. Oh, that guy, Max Clifford, he's tarnished all of us because that kind yeah. of that that kind of PR person. Thankfully, there's not many more of them, but if any, but because of that, because of the profile of the industry, that's tarnished us so badly that it's almost like we don't want to crawl out from underneath our rug anymore and say what we do. Mm. And the, when you see mm, people going, oh, mm. it's PR, it's PR, it's always a bad tinge to it. And like the, the outside world thinks that we're bad people because of the impression. Even if it's yeah. sort of, it's sort of um, sleight of hand or trickery, isn't it? It's like, yeah. you know. Yeah, and let's face it, a lot of what we do is trickery, right? I won't lie about that. It's like people say to me, what's your business? <laughs> Don't tell anybody, Sam. That's why we're meant to keep it secret, know. Sam. Yeah, I make you think things you didn't know, buy things you didn't know you wanted, and say things you didn't know you wanted to say. That's my job, right? That's what we do. So I can understand why people think we're, you know, sly. Well, I think I think that's the thing is that you're you're absolutely right. It's, it's Max Clifford, yeah, um, or it's uh, Eddie from AbFab because yeah. that's the lifestyle, right? It's all yeah. wearing designer clothes and yeah. getting pissed on champagne yeah. and talking to Lulu. No, um, and the other one is is political spin doctoring. Yeah. My dad said to me, Dominic Cummings, one of your lot. I went, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, you're absolutely. Kind yeah, kind of. of. Yeah. And he went, you come up with all them slogans. I went, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just don't. But I will say, there was a. I was in fashion and entertainment PR in the 90s. 
So that Adina, oh, that wow. Adina bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going back to so Sam, tell us, <laughs> tell us, Sam, tell us how you started then, because you were at UWE. We might mention uh, Bristol earlier in the podcast. Yeah. Um, oh, so you were Bristol. studying fashion. So how does how does how do you get from there to here? So What's your journey? I, um, when I was graduating, I I was working with a guy called John Wolford who is a very legendary fashion show producer. And so I basically, by the time I got to the end of the fashion degree, I was kind of like, I don't want to design, I want to go and promote it. So that was when I wanted to get into the show production and all of that side of things. So I started, went into fashion PR. Fashion PR became um, fashion entertainment drinks, which very quickly, or fashion entertainment, which very quickly became fashion drinks entertainment. And once, once you're in the drink sphere, you're, because that leads you into sports and that leads you into events and it leads you into all the other stuff. Um, so that's really been the thread. I did, I remember back in the day, I did the Face Magazine's 21st birthday party, which was, I mean, it was. Ooh, wow. We were going back to the times when, and this isn't just because it was the 90s and because everything was in exuberance, but we were going out. This was when I was back in Shilland. So we used to do, we had loads of drinks brands. We used to do the Face and Arena magazine. Um, many other, uh, Ben Sherman, FC UK, it was that kind of, that's the yeah. age we were at. And we were going out as a team, part like to parties, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And it'd be like, where are we going tonight? Oh, the Mobos have got a launch party on. Oh, where are we going? Oh, there's an album launch party. Because it was just constant. But these yeah. times, this was when they'd throw 100K on a party for a Wednesday night, just for marketing people. Like, you just don't, you just don't get that. Halcyon days. That really was. No. I remember. I remember we did a, a birth. Or we did some party for Ben Sherman. I can't even remember what it was. We had like a full fun fair moved into a warehouse, and I was like, "This is a Tuesday night. What? <laughs> what are we? Yeah." And everybody, it was just like. And then it was back then. It was Addison Lee, and it was just Addison Lee that. And you'd find Addison Lee. Going, oh, Addy Lee's and everywhere. And yeah. And just like. Yeah, it was a great time. How anybody got through that time, I I don't know. But this is yeah. these are the same days that we used to fax press releases over. And the joke was that at the sun, mm. the, the, the fax machine just went straight into the bin. <laughs> so all these PRs were diligently faxing press releases are just going straight into the bin. <laughs> but yeah, because of all that that I've learned, because of all that hardcore publicist stuff, that's why I know how to learn the story now. You know, I know what it's yeah. going to be like when the guys are on the phone going, so I've got a story and it's about, you know, make it in, let's find something that's engaging. So, uh, hence, I don't really like it when ad guys come over and try and give it all big balls. They've all got yeah. big balls. So, Sam, you now get, with, with, with a title yeah. of creative director then, Yeah. You just, you just get to do all the fun stuff, do you? Is that what it is? Uh, let me, let me uh, clarify this, Adam. Actually, it's all based on insights, right? If you don't have the insights, you can't know the audience. And if you can't know the audience, what? why are you doing it, you know? So, yes, it is the fun stuff, but it is also done with strategy and insight at the very base yes. of it. I don't yes. know how... I, I occasionally see a PR stunt, occasionally see one and go, why? But generally, the best campaigns are done from an insight and a purpose. 
And let's face it, there's no point getting on, on page three of the sun if your readers aren't on page three of the sun. If they're in Mechanic Weekly, then go do something in Mechanic Weekly. You know, don't bother about doing the stunt. And I think that there was a time back in the 90s where everything was getting floated down the bloody Thames and, you know, all of that. Oh, I was just going to bring that up. Did you say 90s? lost Thursday, wasn't it? Come back in fashion. It had to go to bed for a little while in order, you know, like any good thing, like bell bottoms, you know, like flared jeans. You couldn't wear them two years ago. They're back now. You're allowed to float things down the Thames again now. It's true. It's true. I was going to ask about floating down stuff down the Thames. Sometimes oh, does, it just down the Thames. I've never done it. I mean, no. No. Tempted. Yeah. You what? Sorry. Bring Boris down. Let him go down. Oh him. yeah. No. Totally. Totally. Can you imagine? <laughs> um, brilliant. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my God. I'm totally on they board with that. Borat. So when the Borat film came out, but here's the thing: the Borat film. Because of the style of the film, that was the perfect stunt for that. The irony yeah. and that kind of old schoolness about it was beautiful for that, you yeah. know? I mean, I've done a few, you know, roll out pretty pictures of people stood outside shops and everything. I did um, I did some really, you, there are some great, I'm, I'm trying not to talk myself into anything bad for any past clients. <laughs> Just like, what can I not want to say? <laughs> <laughs> But no, there's, a, and again, likewise, it isn't just, sometimes that is right. Sometimes it's right to do a photo story. Thank sure. God we don't have Jordan cutting ribbons outside, you know, outside betting shops anymore. Thank God yeah. we don't have that place, you know. Yeah. You might go yeah. back there, you never know. Never know. Although these days it's probably going to, it would more likely be uh, like a, 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 a RuPaul's Drag Race winner. Oh, totally. Yeah, it's going to be Gemma Collins, isn't it? It's always yeah. going to be just Gemma Collins. Which yeah. heads off to her, you know. Fair dues, I suppose, but she's um, you know. she's got she's not, exactly. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly, exactly. Well, I was just gonna say, I think, I think that's the really, that's the really key thing, isn't it, with those sorts of activities, is is to link them to strategy, and also often, if you ask people why they're doing it, yeah, yeah. If your purpose is to get something spoken about and have a water cooler moment, great, brilliant, absolutely great. If you're trying to, you know, sell computer chips to a an IT manager of a, of a global corporation. I don't necessarily think that's going to work. But you can still do something creative, you know? I've, I've done some B2B briefs that are... I did a couple of B2B briefs last year, actually, that they went, can you just put your creative spin on it? And you only need to put, like, a sliver, a sliver. <laughs> you go, yeah, give me a day. I'll come back to that in a minute. It's like, it's like, I knock hundreds and thousands out and it's done, you know? But it's the, this is the interesting thing about being a freelance creative as well, is that the diversity of what I work on is mm. so wide. Now, I wrote this down earlier because I thought, what have I done in the past year? So this is just in the past year, right? And I won't yeah. mention any clients, I'll just mention the categories. An airline, a zoo, an energy drink, a soft drink, industry recruitment, a curly hair brand, homeless charities, an out of town luxury shopping center, luxury skincare, a lipstick, a dating app, home audio equipment, internet service, and a home phone provider. That's just in the past year. Now then, <clears throat> that's incredibly diverse. Fashion week, I forgot. Which would have been virtual last year? It was a bit virtual and a bit live. 
which is going to be in so now, when does... men's in June it's going to be the same again so a little bit virtual a little bit live they'll do um, like small events that you can get a few people into but then the nice thing about this is going back to my Eddie and Adina days my Adina days my Fab days so fashion yeah. used to be really exclusive and to get into fashion week as a fashion student I mean we snuck into some things and we would just go and stand and like look between people's armpits to see what was going on but those were the days when fashion week was like so prestigious then digital happened and then everyone started like streaming live and you'd get if I tell you how many bloggers I walked into wearing stupid goddamn outfit and stupid shoes when you're trying to work and they're just there in the way dressed as a fucking lizard or something like that. True story. That's the true story. I but, um, but then COVID happened. So there come a point where like every fashion student was getting into fashion week and loads of people were like every blogger and influencer was trying to get in. So it got a little bit I believe it was very open and everyone could see it. So the exclusivity wore off a little bit, you know, that behind what was going on behind closed door stopped. Whereas now where they're doing events and they're going, sorry, socially distancing, you can have 13 people in this room. You have got the top 13 people. Mm -hmm. So you've got that prestige back again. And yes, you can still watch it online or whatever, but that prestige of being that in that very small handful of people that are in the show, it has brought back a very lovely, a lovely aloofness to Fashion Week. Which yeah. as, as it should be. It, is, it should be. It, it is fashion. It it's fashion, darling. Of course it should be. Of course it should be. Well, I'm really fascinated by that because for a creative, from a CD sort of point of view, yeah. for, for, for yourself when it comes to that, um, you know, how... Um, how quick was that pivot to working in 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 that sort of uh, in like environment? Because you know, and other stuff. And to to sort of um, uh, everything being uh, real life with the streaming, losing the prestige, and then having a pivot in a COVID world uh, to make this new COVID uh, new normal. The COVID pivot was immediate, and I think that um, it's a real shame that you know Glastonbury might have ha might have been out of happen had these announcements been made earlier, not that it would have done with the organisation mm -hmm. and everything else. But I think that it's going to be really interesting how events like that are going to come through this. Because it's, it's easy with small scale events, small scale events, I put say small scale in a very weird sense, but events the size of Fashion Week where you've got like a few hundred people going, it's a very, very, very different ballgame to when you've got mm. 200,000 people going, you know? You can control yeah. 200 and you and to get 200 down to, down to 50 isn't a, a major thing. To get 200,000 people down to 50,000 is, is a big task. So it's going to be really interesting how that all evolves. And it's going to be really interesting how culture still reflects through what we do. If that makes mm, sense. Because mm. culture... It makes perfect sense. Yeah, because culture's changing all the time. Yeah. And, but that exclusivity, I think that is... It, it's a really lovely thing. I mean, I... I'm one of those wankers down at Glastonbury that barely leaves a backstage area, right? So but I do. It, <laughs> I, I am also one of those people that if I see someone on now, I'll go, come round the back, I'll get you in. I'm that one. I'm a nice, nice person. Nice, nice. <laughs> You're a fixer. I am a fixer. Are we not yeah, all fixers? No, I love that. Are we not all fixers? It's true. You know? Yeah, yeah. Fixers and facilitators, of course. Yeah. Sam, yeah. your PR life sounds extraordinary. How do you have time? How do you have time to write a book? Tell us about that, please. 
um, 20 years of pent-up aggression. <laughs> 20 years of pent-up aggression, a couple of, a few weeks spare of, locked, of early lockdown, and a key Nice. Ah! <laughs> and another thing! Say yeah. thank you! It's like, but they, it's, so, I, I believe the rules that I have written are the rules. That's it. And it's funny, one of the one of the girls that used to work with me yesterday said, oh, I used one of your lines earlier. Don't give them the keys to the car. Which is one of the things I always say to people. You can't give people... Nice. I.e., if you give people too much information, they don't need you to facilitate it, right? Mm. So always keep a little bit back. And that was something that I should have put in the book. That'll go in book two. Don't give them the keys to the car. Fab. Should have been, yeah. The, the, next one, the next book's going to be about uh, the working in an agency and like the perfect agency relationship with you and your client. That's interesting. But Ooh. but Sam, for people that haven't read the 20 rules, uh, yeah. what 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 is your what is your favourite or most important rule that you think the everyone should have? The most important is rule number one, audience. Audience, audience, audience. It's the location, location, location of PR. Because if you don't know your audience, if you don't know your, who you're talking to, you might as well be speaking to a blamange on the end of a stick. Like literally, you don't, what are you doing? But enough, but enough about Boris Johnson. <laughs> is the most important and i think the last one is important as well which is say thank you and it is oh nice yes out yes. loud and every single time a piece of coverage lands with a member of, t of a team i'll go have you said thank you have you said thank you go back and say thank you i'm a good catholic schoolgirl. i was always taught to say my please and thank yous even though i swear like a fucking trooper but that's the point <laughs> <laughs> Is you say thank you when someone's done something good for you and they remember you. Forget yeah. the flowers. Forget yes, if you want to do that, do that. Whatever. We haven't got the money for that, but just say thank you. It's a decent thing to do, right? And working. One of the most important things that I ever learned in PR is that they're not doing you a favour. Then you don't beg them. Don't beg them. You, if you can work together with them. Everyone just wins. work together with them, which is why the ad agency guys that stroll over with their media <laughs> budgets piss me off because they don't work together with anybody. They just hand it over to a media planner buyer who goes and puts it in the ma on the magazines and in the TV and everywhere else. As a PR, you've got to have that that hand in hand relationship. That's why at the back of the book, there's just people that I've worked with for years and I've gone, Ollie, can you give me Ollie? Can you do this to me? Can you see what I mean? So it is. You've just got to be decent to people. And if you can't, here we go. I'm going through all the rules one at a time. Breathe, breathe. <laughs> if you can't, everything, people fuck up. Things fuck up. You promise things that don't happen and don't try and cover it up. You know? No. Just, you're, the, the media will have so much more respect and that, that immediate thing might fuck up, but they've got so much more respect for you that if you go, I'm really trying, I'm really trying, but I can't quite get it to happen. And, you know, we're working together. Yeah. They need what? to fill their pages it, as much as we need our stuff on their pages, right? Yes, it's a total symbiotic relationship. Well, it's an absolute symbiotic and relationship. Any jur yeah. The journalists that realise that and the PRs that realise that, joyous joyous yeah because then it isn't yeah, it, it's absolutely. not an off-skew relationship you know no no there should be a balance of power essentially yeah 
Really? Let's face it. I mean, one of the, it was, there was something I was writing the other day and I was saying, it's amazing the amount of people that think that the journalists make up all these ideas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We make producers look good. We make brands look good. Who do we not make look good? Ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Why are we yeah. so shit at that? <laughs> Why are we so shit at that? Is that, Sam, is that because the barrier to entry is too low? And anyone can start doing this job and anyone can email a journalist or tweet a journalist or write a story. Do you think that's the problem? Look, I can can mow the lawn. It doesn't mean I'm going to go on Chelsea Flower Show. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. I can run. I'm not going against Mo Farah. You know, it's what you want. (laughs) Do you want? Like, I've got a course. I made a course that you can... I'm, I'm basically working with uh, small... in. So the course that I wrote was designed for one-man band marketing teams. So where there's, there might be like a boss, but there'll be a marketing person that does the social and the website and this and that, and then they get told, oh, can you get this in the newspaper? And they've not got a clue. So the course I've created is basically to help them understand what PR is. And then with me, an hour a month, and I go, right, where are you? What have you got? So I'm kind of like a remote... PR director kind of thing. What people understand is like, I'm shocked at the lack of understanding from some people about, some marketing people about what PR is and how you do it. So yeah, anyone can do it. Anyone can. But when you've got somebody showing you what to do and how to do it, you're not sending, you're not sending 12 paragraphs over. You're not sending like six megabyte images over and they're getting, they're getting like, thrown straight in the trench, like all of that kind of stuff that we know. And like even the other day, someone said to me, why am I only sending low res images? And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Is, is it not obvious? Is it not obvious why you don't do that? So there's, but that's because we know it and we are so, we are really good at what we do. And that symbiotic relationship that we've got with media that we know how they know how, you know, send a landscape image, you're more likely to get a, a spread and all of that kind of stuff that, that we do that it takes a lot to teach that you know <laughs> it takes a lot yeah yeah or when people start and it's a lot of that go on sorry no 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 I, no no please carry on this is this is brilliant <laughs> but it's like when you see some press releases that non-pr people write and actually some that pr people write but when you see the ones that that somebody from a marketing background has written you think yeah oh, yeah we, we i see i see where our skills come in I see where our skills come in. Because we're surrounded by it all the time. We're bloody great. We're great people. What are you talking about? Yeah, we are spin doctors. We're fucking amazing. <laughs> so we are... Yeah, Adam. <laughs> but the thing is, yes, anyone can send a press release. Can anyone get coverage to land, though? In the right place at the right time, in the right time, with the right spokesperson in the right place. Right? It's true. It's true. I mean, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's no, absolutely true. Um, button. <laughs> Sam is brilliant. I just feel like I've got told off and I'm not sure why. <laughs> oh, what are you drinking tonight, Sam? We didn't ask at the top because uh, last week I was the one that was drinking and Adam's having a cup of tea. On the glass. Oh, actually. Oh, no, I can't actually. It's come through. PR freebie. Oh. You see, you Ooh, do get benefits. Very nice. PR. I worked. I did some work. PR, yeah, that's PR, very PR freebie, or did you nick it when no one was looking? I nicked it when no one was looking. 
And I, I've got another one in the I... cupboard. This one was out of, I'll be really honest, this one was out of the cupboard that I was working late one day. And I went, fuck it, I'm having one of them glasses. That was the first one. The second one, I took a large bag to an event. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got to repair. Always take a large bag. Always. Preferably with a scarf so that if there is something breakable, you can wrap your scarf in it. Top tip. <laughs> See, and that's that's in book number two yeah, as that's well. That's in book number two. All How of this gold from this book one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you do have to. You know, I did try to get a, a packet of six, but they had to come one at a time at a different PR events. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Sam, you've uh, where, earlier on you listed <laughs> you you listed a huge diversity of uh, yeah. diverse range of campaigns. Yeah. That you've worked on just over the last twelve months. Um, yeah. Is that how, how do you so how do you manage your job as a freelance creative director? How does how does that even work for people that don't understand how that works? Um, and then how do you in your mind get your mind into so many different campaigns, industry okay. sectors? What's your what so, are your secrets? I've been in I've been in the game quite a bit, quite a long time. It's been quite a long time that I've been banging about different agencies. And I've got a lot of really good contacts. I've got a couple of really good recruiter contacts. Um, that a lot of these, a lot of these, and this is annoying, a lot of these jobs don't even go, they, they don't get advertised. How often do you see a, a creative director mm. job advertised? They're very, very rare. Um, but a lot of it is through recommendation. And there's even agencies I've worked with that they're said to empower another agency. You need to get Sam in, she'll, she'll sort you out. So it's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of hustling, a lot of how, hey, how you doing? Have you got anything you need a hand on? Um, but really it's my work, my work has to precede me. It has to, it has to. I mean, especially when I can show people, um, on a one-to-one -one things that I've worked on, but I would never publicize that. It's not fair on the agencies that I that I work with. Just see what I mean? If I start going, oh, I've done that campaign and I've done that. Um, but when to, to do it, so my process is the same whether I'm working in a, in a room with somebody or whether I'm doing it independently. And I really believe in just falling into the world of the audience, just falling into it. You know, if you're doing a mainstream brief, put Heart FM on. If you're doing a, you know, if you're doing a really edgy youth brief, you know, listen to whatever. <laughs> so it's like, oh, oh, it's I have no idea what the youth listen to these days. <laughs> but I, I would literally just fall into the audience of, and really just live there for a little bit. When I say live there, I mean like live there for a day. I'm not moving in permanently. But just to really understand what's making them tick and what's making them excited and and then by that time i should have if there's some kind of audience brief there's normally someone that i can look at and go oh that sounds like jason or oh, that sounds like lucy or and, and then i'll go and talk to the people that, are, that fall into that and i've even done this with my little cousin who's 10 years old for the zoo brief that i had I phoned her mum and I said, can, can you get Lily on the phone for me? She was like, what do you want? I want, I want to talk to Lily about something. Just leave me and Lily on the phone together. And I sat and I was going, so what about this? And how do you feel about that? And the last time you went to the zoo, what did you do? And properly going into And I was thinking, if her mum knew, she would be charging me for this time. <laughs> <laughs> but then so I always then go and get the insights. And then normally, 
And I'll be really honest, how I describe it to my mum, because my mum always goes, where'd you get these ideas from? And you go like Sherlock. You kind of go like Sherlock in like, <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch, and you start going, and that thing goes there, and that thing goes there, and those two things connect. And there it is, I've got the idea! But like, it is just connecting the dots and going, what? No, it's not that. No, it's not that. And then it will just come. I'm talking about Kazoo. There was one brief that I was working on, and it was, it wasn't that it was a tricky brief, but it was just a bit, we were going, and it was based on, supposed to be based on an ad campaign for a brand that they're working with. Again, I won't mention the brand. And I was going, I said, give me the weekend. Just let me think about it. Let it marinate. I need thoughts to marinate through my brain, right? And just let things fall into place and let them season up in there with everything else that's in there. And the other good thing about working freelance is I can work whatever else I want. So my brain comes alive late at night. So where other people are like 11 o'clock going to bed, I'm sitting there going, oh my God, there's something, there's something coming. And, it, and like the ideas will be brewing. <laughs> But that's the nice thing about working freelance. And I was doing, like I said, I was doing a brief for Kazoo and I text Jess and I went, oh my God, I need to speak to you as soon as you can. And she was up with one of the kids and she went, what? I went, I'll talk in the morning. And it was like gone midnight. And I was like, oh my God. Dude. But those things happen. Do you know what I mean? It's like, they, it, you've just got to let them happen. And this is the other problem with creatives in PR is a lot of time, people get sat around a boardroom table and told, give me some ideas. Ideas for what? For what? You can only do that kind of brainstorm if everybody in the room already really knows the brand and knows the audience and knows everything else. You can't just, if the creative direction isn't push a button and, a, and an idea comes out. It's a process, it's a time, it's a, a marination and all of that kind of stuff, which isn't given the respect it's deserved a lot of the time. Mm. So that's fantastic. That's, that's that's fantastic. No, I think that's I think that's I think that's really really important. I think the 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 restriction to come up with ideas quickly or the the force of having group brainstorming sessions means that yeah. we lack true creative ideas. We lack new yeah. fresh thinking because we're forced to play it safe because we have to do things at speed, but we don't have to do things at speed. We just need to rethink the way we work and how we're yeah. gonna um you know sort of position what we do think about when we think about things or how much we take on you know yeah yeah and a lot of the time agency life you're so tied into just the that constant of that constant of we've got to get it done we've got to get it done and there isn't space in your brain to do that marination and that relaxation yeah, yeah. and all of that, the falling into the audience, there isn't that time. I don't ever want to be the creative director that swoops in and swoops out and never involves everyone. As much as I can, I try and get everyone involved because somebody's going to have to go and sell that idea for one, right? Somebody's mm. going to have to go into a pitch environment and sell the idea that creative directors put together if you don't understand and believe in that fundamentally you're gonna, not gonna you can you're not gonna you sell, can't it. sell it you can't sell it exactly actually one of the things that you mentioned there um is that your your sort of idea generation um happens a lot quite late at night out yeah. of hours uh, you're calling a, 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 an agency client um you know to sort of say oh my god this is fucking nugget of pure yeah. gold is, is yeah. on the tip of my tongue. I'm just telling you, that idea it's was up, but... pure gold as well. It was pure gold. 
It was pure gold. Nice. So much so that the ad agency got very like, upset when the idea that was generated right then actually became an ad campaign. Oh, and I was good. like, you see you ad boys, I can do this. I can do your job as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, on, carry on. <laughs> No, 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 don't, no, don't follow us all. Um, so um, I'm, I'm really intrigued because what we've heard, certainly in, in, in the previous series of the pod, um, uh, which was recorded under the first of lockdown situation yeah. was, oh, you know, this homeworking is, is great for, you know, not having to commute on the tube yeah. and all stuff, but fuck me, we've lost that serendipity sort of uh, uh, experience of, of going, fuck me, standing up at my desk going, I've got this great fucking idea. Yeah. And, and like we're, we're missing that when you're working yeah. from home and you're not in the middle of a Zoom meeting. I do it on my own. Exactly. How does that? <laughs> I, I mean, do it on my own. It's fine. I'm very good at patting myself on the back. <laughs> Sam's there. Sam's there with a mirror. Just go. You are great. <laughs> yeah. But when you're work. But when you're working with clients, it's whether it's. No, it's not far. From... <laughs> it's not far from that. I love it. Listen, you've got right? <laughs> yeah. True. Well, I'm just intrigued. I'm intrigued by how that sort of works. And when you're working with an agency, um, you know, as you said, you want to make sure that everybody's involved. You don't yeah. want to swoop in there, yeah. drop the idea in, and get the hell out of Dodge. So how does that work? How do you sort of rationalize um, working solo at home, certainly in COVID of the last 12 yeah. months, yet involve everybody when your ideas are coming at like okay. half one in the morning? I think what's really important as well is... The people that are selling the idea, are selling the plan, have also got their own ideas, right? Mm -hmm. I respect and welcome and include all of that. Because if you've got, if you're saying A and I'm saying G, they're nowhere near each other, right? If you're saying mm -hmm. A and I'm saying maybe D, how about? And we can, like the first thing I'll always do is go, if somebody gives me a brief, I'll go, have you, have you got any immediate thoughts? What is your thought process? But I won't run off, do everything and come back. I'll run off, do a little something, check in. Run off, do another little something, check in. So it's a process so that I don't profess to being right all the time. But... <laughs> I don't, but just 90 percent 90 percent 95 depends what you're talking about um i and so i i know that everyone's got to be on that journey and when i have on the occasion where someone's gone just go away and do it and i've come back and presented something they'll nine times out of ten go oh i was thinking so and so and i was like why don't you just fucking say that in the first place i would have saved two dollars you know um so yeah, it's, it is a process, but it, the check-ins are really important. And that's kind of, and I like to, if I'm at home, I do that on Zoom so I can see the whites of their eyes. Because you can't yes. do it on the phone. You need to see somebody's facial expression, you know. You need to see that, ooh, ooh, or oh, that's it, you know. We're people. Yeah. So And yeah, it's great, it's great actually. It's, it's great when you get a, oh, that's brilliant. But could we also then roll it to here or could we then move yeah. it, you know, or, or yeah. think things in a different way? That sort of... Yeah, because all of our brains are different. And the joy of it is that all our brains are different. And there's sometimes that I'll go into an agency and like the youngest, quietest person is the one that I go, actually, I think you're the one that I need to talk to. What is it? And like they might have a love of baked beans or they might like be a, a, a sneaker freak or whatever it is. But there's all these little things that are really 
intrinsic to us being us. And we all carry all of those audience insights. We all carry different things that, so it could be the cleaner. It could be, I mean, like things that I've asked people, even a woman at a bus, a bus stop once, there's a, a reg, there's a, there's a sheltered accommodation next door to me. And so I often see the same from the, but from the tube station to my house, I often see the same co cohort of old women when we were still out and about. And I was working on one brief that I really, I going, have you thought about, it was a NHS brief I was doing years ago. I was going, have you thought about this? I thought, if you knew I was doing my research with you on the five minute bus road, bus <laughs> get it in there. Mm -hmm. like, talk to people and listen to people, says the girl that's just been talking nonstop for the past hour. <laughs> Yeah, but all listeners be listening to, which is awesome. So that's that, which is fantastic. Uh, yeah, I mean, I yeah, oh my god, I I I almost feel like we've we've barely scratched the surface, to be honest with you, which is which is really awesome. I mean, oh my god, Adam, ask a question because I'm I'm trying to formulate one in my head at the moment because I've got all these bits floating about. Sam, what proportion of your work for agencies is helping them win new business, and what proportion of it is helping? continue campaigns mm. so is it is it and I, I i don't want to force you to give an answer if you don't want to but it's like how much of it is to come work with us because look we've got all of this yeah. wonderful creativity yeah. or how much is it is this is a retained client and we've just you know lost what? our edge we've just lost our spark we just need some fresh thinking there is both it's definitely both and it's been the proportion has been more 50 50 this past year than any other time. So prior to this, prior to, you know, this, um, it was very much new business. It was very much come and sh come and help us show off, right? Whereas I think this year, as in the year that we've just gone through, there's been, we wanna look after this client, but we wanna make sure this client doesn't go. Or likewise, where they've been told, it's a pitch situation it's yours to lose it, you've got it but it's yours it's yours to lose right so an agency doesn't ever want to go into that on safe shoes they want to go in and still blow the client away that they've that not only even if it is safe we're, we're going to blow you away with it there's been a there's been at least three this in the latter half of, of last year like in winter that were we need some different ideas we need different and we need it we need them now especially things like out of town shopping centers and all of that kind of stuff where there was a specific covid element that we that there was a, a there was a pivot that they were doing as a, as a business and we could help them out and i think that's that's a really interesting thought that they come to a pr agency for that they don't go to an ad agency for that and i think that it's interesting that the clients understand what we do but our peers don't that's what I find most interesting about it. Like it's our peers that don't understand what we do. And as much as I tell people, they go, but yeah. that's so-and-so. And I'm like, no, that's PR. It's PR. It's you that doesn't know, not me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's absolutely right. Um, I was going to uh, ask um, that, that, well, what your thoughts were on, on, on the sort of sector du jour at the moment, which appears to be digital PR, which seems to be everywhere and certainly right. has sort of uh, attra attracted the attention of the sort of, the, the sort of cre <laughs> it's creative PR. But what are your, what's your thoughts on, on, the, on the sort of PR. sector du jour? Yeah. Right. 
What does it mean? In your mind, what does it... And I don't want to tell you off, John. I apologise. Let me change my tone. You, you tell him off, Sam. It's normally me that gets told off. You it's tell my him turn. Off. It's my turn. It's my turn. Go on. I'm going to prepare for so, it. Hang a second. I remember working with music artists back in... I mean, you're talking going back 15 years, right? And I was working with a music artist. They were bringing an album out. Mainstream. It wasn't like some little niche. It wasn't a niche thing. It was a mainstream thing. And they said, oh, we want to use you for the PR and, and this other agency for the digital PR. And I went... Are you saying that we're not going to talk to the internet people? Like the internet people? What what does digital PR? Now, SEO and all of that kind of stuff. But surely that is just our job? Yes, specialists. Yes. Much like I'm a specialist creative, there are other people that are specialists and they know all of the back ends and all the SEOs and all of that kind of stuff. Maybe I'm just too old school to realise this, but I don't see what the difference is. Is there a difference? So Sam, I wonder I wonder whether it's down to the fact that we've all been so bad at PRing ourselves and Maybe. what we do and, and yeah. what we create that this new opportunity has come up and people are exploiting it. So the the people that are doing digital PR are just the ones that are really good at marketing what PR should be in twenty twenty one. You know I'm telling you this, it's harder to get something on the sun in the newspaper than it is to get it online. I can tell you that for nothing. So when I'm hearing people, there was a girl that I was speaking to recently and she said, oh, I'm setting up a digital PR agency. I said, so what? You're never going to speak to Grazia magazine. You're never going to speak to Metro. <laughs> and she went, well, no, we don't do print. And I went, what kind of fucking PR are you? We're not going to do print. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is why I've got wrinkles in my head, you know, because I screw my face up at these idiots so much. I'm like, what kind of PR are you that you're not going to go and speak to the Evening Standard? You're going yeah. to turn down those yeah. 200,000 people that are picking up that paper every day. You're going to turn them down. Who read it? Who read it? Who literally read who it read cover it? to cover? And you're going to get them in the space where, I mean, I, oh, God, it just... So if, if someone would like to educate me on the need for specific digital PRs, I'm willing to be educated. My email is. <laughs> I'm quite <laughs> well, your 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 email is is sam at the prmastercoach.com for your <laughs> for your for your coach for your for your course rather. So, you know, um, but no, I I find it really interesting because it it does appear that, uh, that that there's an increased level of noise around the perceived creativity of digital PR campaigns, mm. and I'm just kind of I'm mm. just kind of wondering as somebody who has you know been in the industry for you know 15 20 years or so across multiple sectors yeah. and sort of seen that that sort of evolution of the industry yeah. how you sort of perceive this kind of almost income incumbent when, to me it's almost feels, like it's it's, it's rebranded seo i mean i would never turn around to someone and say i'm a print pr but then no. saying that you do get broad. I mean, you, yes, I understand the need for a specialist in a sector. I understand the need for a broadcast PR to understand X, Y, and Z. But as a PR, you should understand where the opportunity lies, whether that is broadcast or digital or print or experiential or whatever. But it, it's, yeah. I just, you, I, I feel that as a PR, you're really narrowing what you do by saying that. And then there's the argument yeah. about where influencers sit. 
Do they sit in, in a media buyer? Do they sit in a PR? I mean, obviously, I'm going to argue that everything sits under the PR agency. Obviously, <laughs> I'm going to argue that. But I just think that there is something in the nuance that we do that is lost when you split it like that. When you go, when you say broadcast and this and that, there's something quite beautiful about going. We've got we've got this person. I think mm. we might be able to get them on BBC Breakfast. I think we might be able to get them in the Guardian. Like there is something quite lovely about that 360 and something. And if that gets lost, yeah. then more. You know. is, is it because we're 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 calling ourselves PRs? Should we just be calling well, ourselves PRs, comms pros? Well, this is the problem. I think PR is the wrong word. I think PR mm. in itself. You know, people who stand on the strip in Ibiza call themselves PRs literally they call themselves prs and you say what are you doing they go i'm promoting which is what the pr is and you just <laughs> so there is that that gives me heart palpitations that's how they they use i watch things like ibiza uncovered and i'm like oh my god don't say those words but that's what they consider oh. themselves to be so uh, there is an issue like even when even in the name the pr master coach i know that there's a lot of people that don't understand what that means they think that PR is a publicist sitting there. Like people go, and another reason why I made that course as well is because I was so fucking annoyed with people pulling me to one side for a quick question. I'd be out with friends at a festival or a, a bar or something, and somebody would go, Sam, can I just, I'm trying to do this thing. And I'm like, if you realise, this is my hourly rate, there's my card, go away. So mm -hmm. now yeah. that's why I've done that because I want to show people that it isn't just a matter of it isn't just five minutes. They think that all we do is we flick for our, our book and go, there you go. Let me call. Let me call that person. We'll get it in the. It's not that. And I think we just. It would be really lovely if. Or would it be lovely if people knew what we did? Would it be? Do we want to keep it secret? Stepping out of the shadows. I mean, yeah. Alistair Campbell was standing in the corner of Downing Street for years. You know. <laughs> I mean, the fact yeah. that my dad said to me, Dominic Cummings, one of your lot, that was when I went, oh, we've got a lot of work to do. Yeah. <laughs> we've got a lot of yeah, work to do. I know. But Dear he is, God. ultimately, he's one of, he's one yeah. of us. Oh, don't say that, No, but Sam. let me, let me just tell that. you this, right? I won't, I'm not going to get into politics. I'm just going to try not to. There is a streak of genius in that man, right? And I fully, I fully appreciate the streak of genius, and that is all I'm going to say about him. That is, <laughs> I shall stop it there because I can't say anything else nice. I think that's, I think that is absolutely fine for you to say, Sam, because it's about distilling messages to land with audiences. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, look at Get Brexit Done. Or what was the yeah. tagline, yeah, yeah, what yeah. was the tagline that he came up with for Brexit, which was bring back control or whatever... Taking, yeah, back back take back taking back control. Take back control. Taking back control. Dear he, God. He lands it. He understands who the audience is and he lands it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And every yeah. time. And even when you're talking. It's the ultimate. It is the ultimate. So, sorry. It is the ultimate. Yeah. yeah. Totally the ultimate. Absolutely. It's the ultimate elevator pitch when you're going from floor one to floor two. Because he's not using 30 seconds, he's using three. Three. Less than, yeah. you know. Uh, it's 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 distilling an entire campaign and and strategy into three words. Yeah. And let's face it, it's worked for Nike for the last hundred years. <laughs> Just do it. Right. So. 
Right, we've gone. We've gone. Uh, I mean, we've gone all over the place. So I'm very much looking forward to editing this. Uh, it's gonna. It's gonna be a real treat. Good Sam, enough. what does the future? What does the future have in store for you? Why? Why do you like doing what you're doing rather than you know starting your own thing, your own agency, or staying for an agency? What What is it about being? freelance because um, you talk about the joy of it but you've also oh, talked yeah, about the pain of it when you see other when you see other people taking your awards or uh you know be, being in the shadows is, is that okay for you what um i i do like getting credit obviously it's nice it's always nice yeah, yeah. <laughs> always nice <right? laughs> um i i really do think that as a service and i'm going to get a bit holier than now now the service that I offer is, it is really, I think the agencies that I work with really see the benefit from it. And yeah, yeah. I read, I, many of them are not in a position and would never be in a position to go, right, there's X amount of money for a full-time creative director. There isn't necessarily the need for it, but I want this agency to be, this industry to be as brilliant as it can. And if that yeah, means yeah. me going and sprinkling a little bit of joy, and another little bit of joy and another little bit of joy then so be it and as agencies agents running agencies are hard and they're very expensive especially you know it totally pre-covid times right when you've got on office and all the rest of it and i think there are some agencies that have got the workflow to afford a full-time creative director yeah more yeah. power to you you know but i do i love the adaptability that I've got. I'd love that someone can call me on a Friday night and go, shit, I've got a pitch on Tuesday, can you help? I love that. I love a bit of drama, you know, and I love working with different people. You know, I really, I mean, I don't know how many agencies could have worked on the diversity of work that I've done in the past yes. year. Yes, yeah, yeah. And yeah. still been able to go on holiday when I want to go on holiday and work mm. at whatever hours I want to work at, you know? So, you know, there is a dream of running a beach bar somewhere with a parrot and a night come out the back there is a dream of that somewhere down the line so i'm just kind of going around and picking all my contacts and making friends with drinks brands and all of that kind of stuff so when i do get that yes you know that's the plan i'll go back to all my drinks clients from the eight from the 90s and go do you remember that double page spread i got you in the face yeah. And they'll be like, no, I was totally fucked in the 90s. No, it's true, though. It's, uh, that's a whole other podcast of clients that, that, that I've is. got in bad states. In Yeah, it's a whole other podcast. Oh, <laughs> no, we're going to have to have you back to have working. some of those anecdotes. Some of them are still working. <laughs> I'll remain very, very silent. <laughs> Love it. Love Sam, it. considering uh, we're gonna we're gonna finish in a moment, but c considering you're uh, a PR who's very outspoken, who's who's got lots of ideas and uh, and lots of creativity, you you've put together this book. You you seem to be almost averse to pub to to promoting it on on the podcast. So for for people who don't know about it, can you can so you, you let, me can you let them how know how shit we are at doing our own PR? I am yeah. the ultimate culprit. <laughs> The ultimate. Yeah. You've, okay, you've, you've so, written a book and you've avoided talking about it for an hour. So. I have just to show you. This yes. is my baby. This is my oh. baby. It's the 20 rules of PR, AKA how to get it why not fuck it up. And it's just been nominated for a business book award. In the short oh, book category. Congratulations, brilliant. In the short book category, but when they, went, when they did the awards, like when they were announcing it, this was literally the shortest book in the category, right? 
I think I should win. It's got to win. It's got to win. I think I should win just for that fact. The fact yeah. that all the others were at least a yes. centimetre bigger than mine. It was designed to be a handbook and it was designed when the world opens again, I'm going to be sending them to all my friends in PR agencies because it was designed to be left in a PR agency reception so that should yeah. you be going for an interview and they say to you, what do you know about PR? You can say, well, I know, don't lie. Nice. Is it shocking yeah. you've had to write don't lie? You've had to put that in? Yes. Is yes. The number of times where I've had to, I've, I have told spokespeople at um, at companies or whatever and just gone look one don't lie if you don't know the answer don't just bullshit lie. just say i don't know great i'll get question. back to you great question i'll find out yeah i'll come back to you exactly exactly the story in here exactly. that i've that i've cited is when i was at an agency that i won't mention <laughs> on another team that i was working on um i was she was working on um a big multi-corporate, a multi-brand company. And it, mm. like, it was like they had 12 brands from this company, 12 brands from this one company in-house. Oh and God. she had an ambassador and she was speaking to somebody from, I think, Stylist Magazine. And the girl just wasn't buying the interview. She just wasn't going for it. And then the, the journalist mentioned that she started knitting, right? So the PR girl said, oh, so-and-so's just started knitting. How about, you know, you, you've got something in common now. You've got something in common with our ambassador. So she sorts this interview out, sorts out a three-page spread that was going to go in, photo shoot, all the rest of it. Journalist rocks up, ambassador for the brand, sat there, celebrity, like, actress off the TV, all got a glam team and everything else. The journalist walks in with a bag of knitting, with knitting needles and hands it to the actress. <laughs> No. The actress sits there going, sorry, what, what, why are you giving, what, what? So not only did she lose the coverage, right? Obviously, obviously the coverage didn't happen. <laughs> right? But then, you, then the girl that said it has now got to go back and explain why this whole yeah. layout of the yeah. that she's done has completely fucked up. The ambassadors and basically it was a big fuck up and I just sat there going. Oh, yeah, it's horrible. with a big bag of popcorn. Yeah, literally. And a cup of tea, my little pinky oh. going, oh, this is a good <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's, um, and I've threatened many a time to do a, a proper, you know, this is what happened in the 90s, but I won't. But this little baby oh. is... So I'll find out soon if it's actually won the award. I don't need it. We all know you only need the nomination. You don't need the win. <laughs> well, I've got to be honest with you, uh, Sam, just to let you know, um, there is only one copy left on Amazon as we speak. <laughs> there is only one copy left. And I know, and I bought one of the two remaining. So two minutes ago, just yeah, two yeah, copies. Yeah. There's now just one copy. I think that might be so. an algorithm thing. I think they that's just that's just to make you buy it, John. You've just been yeah, had. You have just been had. I, yeah. Otherwise, but you are. I don't care. I'm looking forward to reading it. It's going to come up. Probably not arrive tomorrow now, unfortunately. But it will be Friday. I look forward to reading it. Yeah, um, yeah you'll so, read it. So, yeah. Keep it in your bathroom. Do a rule Ooh, a day. That's, yes, that's a good idea. Yeah. Actually, I, I love that idea. It's yeah, not, I like it's that. not a like novel, and I, and I mean, someone's been, no. well, it's not very big, and I was like, it's not meant to be. Neither is the first. No, no. You still need it though, right? You know? Exactly. While exactly. my nose got big, she's done all right. 
You know? <laughs> oh my god. Can you see why I'm better off not working in offices? I, I can see that you. No! No! Can I just Zoom call you all day tomorrow while I, while I work? This is brilliant! Oh. But seriously, if people want to um, uh, find out more, and and obviously there's uh, there's your master coach yeah. um, course as well. But if they can, um, uh, where where else can people find out uh, uh, about uh, well, me. And, and track your diatribes and find out more about you? Yeah. Yes. Um, there's always things coming out, but I think I'm trying to keep it to the PR master coach. I'm trying. I'm obviously on LinkedIn, and I even this is really bad. I only just updated it the other day, so I'd written the book. Literally, I updated it a week ago. Oh my god, That's you're so bad. terrible at PRing no, yourself, Sam. And there's, and there's me going, Oh, we're so bad at our own PR, aren't we? And there's me, I'm even updating my own. <laughs> I, Amazon, it says it on Amazon though that it's up for an, an award nomination. I figured out how to do that. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I figured out how to do that bit. So, nice. yeah, so it's on the PRmastercoach.com, and that's the coaching, the book, access to me as a, as a consultant, etc., etc. And obviously, awesome. Awesome. I, 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 best of all near you soon, with any luck. Exactly, yeah. Oh, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Um, Sam Brown, thank you so, so much for joining us on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, you are you're definitely, and I'm, I'm sorry to any other previous... Um, <laughs> don't say uh, it, John. Uh, Whatever you're about to say, don't I say will, it. I will, I will, I will. You've I been my favourite. You've been my it. absolute favourite. <laughs> You have. You've been an absolute favourite. I don't care. Adam, you're not going to edit that out. I don't care. And Do you say no, I bloody no, don't. No, but I think no, it's I probably don't. the Bristol thing, Sam. <laughs> it is. No, it's not. It's everything. How dare you? Don't you speak for me. I'll meet you down a Thecla for a pint, John. Uh, our thanks to Sam Brown there, uh, the PR Mastercoach herself. Uh, you can reach out and get in contact with Sam at sam at theprmastercoach.com. She's also incredibly active on Instagram, um, so you can follow her there at the underscore PR underscore Mastercoach. She's also on LinkedIn as well. Um, her book, 20 Rules of PR, a.k.a. How to Get Rid of... How to get it right, rather, and not fuck it up, unlike me telling everybody the title of the book, is available now from all good bookstop, uh, bookshops, which means Amazon uh, and, and no doubt uh, Waterstones as as well. Um, you can follow Adam at uh, Adam Tuckwell on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at John Wilcox underscore and, of course, the podcast at PR Hub, but you can also email us at the PR Hub podcast at gmail.com and you can also visit us at the PR Hub podcast.com website i think i got it right there again didn't i adam marvelous thank you oh, for fantastic. listening everybody ooh, 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 ooh. and before that what we didn't do in the previous episode adam did we not ask people to rate follow and subscribe we did not like and subscribe to us on the pod we're of course on apple podcasts and stitcher and loads of other uh, platforms um do comment if you can all of that good uh, stuff, all that good engagement does help us increase visibility um, to our fellow PR pro, uh, pros around the world. So, uh, yes, thank you very much for listening. And until next time, take bye care. Bye-bye.